2: we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now
5: let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Uh,
4: welcome in. Obviously having a little bit of uh, computer issues. Um, uh, you know, I... Yeah, overall, not a really really good day. Did you guys see what Phil Mickelson did on the sixth hole? Right? How would you – I don't even know how you'd describe that. Welcome to Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from sunny Southern California. Um, let's go to Dan Byer. Dan, would you – how would you characterize Phil Mickelson on the sixth hole? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he was putting – right. listen, yeah, he was I'm, putting downhill and – uh, c- clearly misjudged the speed, and it kept rolling. It felt like it was still rolling when he hit it back up the hill, and then he missed. He missed that putt by a good uh,
0: three yards as well. I'm Watching it now, the dreaded four putt for Phil Mickelson. Oh my goodness! Well, if he was on the Live Golf Tour, he at least wouldn't have made the cut with that four putt.
4: <laughs> Correct. Or missed. Correct. The cut. There's 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 a lot of Live Golf. So so. The, the one that I thought was amazing was, and I know that uh, Lee Westwood was up there. I'm trying to think who else was up there. Did you see they asked him the question? They said, is there any place you wouldn't, anyone you wouldn't play golf for if they paid the right amount? Yes. And then they asked him, like, let's say Putin throws a golf tournament and he's going to pay ridiculous sums of money. Would you take it?
0: And him and Poulter, and then Poulter's like, I. Don't, it's hypothetical. I don't. I don't deal with that. You're asking us hypothetical questions. It's an easy uh, answer, yes. isn't it? Correct. Correct.
4: I mean, they, somebody they, goes. They know. The, goes.
0: They know. It's like chess. They know the move, though. They know that if they say no, I wouldn't, then they, then they would counter with, "Well, what makes this any different than?" So. Like they know the road that it was going down. It totally was a game of chess.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I then then why not say no? I would take you know, I'm a businessman. Somebody wants me to play golf, I go play golf. That's how it works. Why not say that? That's
0: could have could have been an option. Um, I don't know how well that would have been. I don't think that none question, of it's going to be yes. There's
4: It's a no win. Correct. It's a no-win. I think the only win they they have, honestly, is to go, it, the the best win is just honesty. Just go like, listen, if you got to write for the Russian Times and they were going to triple your money, they were going to give you the type of money you'd literally never have to work ever again, and you don't even necessarily have to be good at what you're doing because you get paid regardless, would you do it? You can turn around to reporters. And I say, yes, I would, just because of the, the amount of money. You know? I don't know. It was a. It was an amazing press conference to watch. You're just watching these guys, and you and and they the answer is an easy answer. Like, nah, Putin's a little much. I don't think these guys. You know, they didn't. You know, it's my opinion. I think it's different.
0: But. I th- I threw it out on Twitter that do you have a different feel watching these players? And I mean, the response has been overwhelming. I'm just that's why I missed it because I've been trying to keep up with the tweets. Um, not really. That's total facetious. Oh. I think <laughs> one person has responded to it. But I did have a different feel when I saw Louis Ustazen trying to, you know, hit one out of the rough. I did have a different feel watching Phil Mickelson, who has embraced his Hollywood Hogan, uh, NWO sort of phase with his yeah, beard. Yeah, the, the heel turn. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like there, there is a different feel in watching those guys, and yet I, I do, I, I think that as a golf fan or maybe a PGA Tour fan. That there is a different feel in watching these guys, and I mean Rory's already great, and you mentioned yesterday, and I was, you know, he's so at the forefront of everything, and he's, you know, such a such an enormous voice in the game. But like it even makes you want to cheer for the guy even more, you know. And and the other guys, it's it's different. It's it's easy to cheer against Patrick Reed or Bryson DeChambeau because they can bring some stuff on themselves. But never thought of the day outside if it was a Phil Tiger rivalry where you would be. You know, cheering against Phil, but it is a different feel with
4: him. Okay, how about this one? Are you cheering against the Warriors tonight? Stug Outlip Show on Fox Sports Radio. The Warriors have caught some heat because their payroll is in excess of $340 million. Last week, rival executives grumbled to Zach Lowe of ESPN about their competitive spending advantage. On Monday night, ESPN's Brian Windhorst called Game 5, a, quote, checkbook win for the Warriors after Andrew Wiggins, a fourth-max player on the team, led Golden State to the win. Uh, the Warriors have a basketball operations consultant, Zaza Pashulia. Of course, used a play for the Warriors. He was asked about the narrative that the Warriors have a competitive spending advantage uh, and have potentially bought a title. Here's his response.
6: We're not doing something that is illegal or it's against the rules, right? So we, we are doing something that is we are killed totally fine to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's totally legal. So, uh, you know, that's, that talks, I mean, that speaks to, uh, you know, on behalf of our ownership group uh, that we have, right? So I'm, I'm super proud of what Joe Lacob and, you know, Peter Guber has done uh, for this team uh, culturally on and off the court. It's honestly, I have never seen anywhere like uh, that, you know, ownership group being so dedicated and, you know, to, to be thinking about the players and their families. And, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful.
4: Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm struggling with... First of all, Windhorst is... I think Windhorst is an outstanding reporter. I think he wants to do this analysis stuff, and it's not his role, right? Like, I'm just being, I'm being totally fair here. He is a really good reporter, a really good writer. There is an analyst need to have played, coached, or been in a front office. He's been He's been none of the three. So I, I heard him, and I won't say the other show, it was a national show, and he was talking about you know, Boston. They just keep driving in there to the, and like, wait, what? If you watch game three, they won game three because they were just brute force attacking the rim. And yes, they're a high turnover team, but they're having to adjust to where the help comes from, the different rotations, forcing them to their weaker hands, and the fact that not a lot of fouls called on drives for either team. Additionally, this is a bit of an analysis where he's just a reporter, like Brian Windhorst should be reporting. Another NBA GM told me it it was a, you know, it was a. A spending advantage win. Um, but my perception of the Warriors is completely different. Yeah, they were willing to take on Andrew Wiggins' contract, but anybody could have had that contract. There were lots of people who thought Andrew Wiggins wasn't worth that money. You know, and if you want to say that they are overpaying because they're paying the luxury tax, that's within the rules. The rest of those contracts they have are all guys that are homegrown that they have their bird rights and they choose chose to extend. Remember, they paid Clay for two years. He did not play a second, a second. There wasn't any like, "Oh, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're gonna try and get out of Clay's contract," or, you know, when Clay gets back, we're gonna get out of it. I mean, they're, they're overpaying Draymond Green. Why? Because he's part of their core group, and we're going to keep paying him. Th- this is one of those, was like when, when Matt Leinert was in college. Oh, excuse me. well Matt Leinert was with the Arizona Cardinals. There are pictures of a pool party at his house. And my thought then was my same thought now. The only people mad about Matt Leinert having a pool party were people not invited to the pool party. The only people that are mad about Golden State and their <clears throat> competitive advantage is other teams that just won't spend the money or don't have the homegrown players. This is the thing. Like, look, if you want to keep your homegrown players, you have to overpay them. That's what they've done. They've overpaid Draymond. They've overpaid Clay. No matter what Clay is worth now, the fact is they paid him for two years. They didn't play. I know some of that insurance picks up. They don't have to pick up. So I I don't see it as... It's not a... You just... You have owners that are in or out. I've I've heard that the Clippers are owned by the best owner in the league because he it's whatever it takes financially that he believes can help you win, they win. The Lakers are not that way. They're a mom and pop shop and they pay the players well and they have a really nice facility. Okay, hey, but they it's not like they, they overspend for coaching talent, for other things, you know, for front office, etc. That's just not how they're wired. No problem with the Golden State Warriors. They're trying to keep a dynasty intact. This is, we get to can't win territory, right? We just watched the, you know, two years ago during the shutdown, the Chicago Bulls dynasty. And really it came to an end because Scottie Pippen wanted to be overpaid when he signed a long-term contract previously. You know, Jordan would have come back, but it had to be, they would have had to overspend on everything. Figure out a way to make it work. And they couldn't, and they blew it up after six titles. The Warriors, they said we're not going to let money stand in our way, and they have not. Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at Dollar Shave Club, D- dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Here's the perfect example of it, okay? What the Warriors are doing is akin to living in California. You get plenty of people that are like, man, how do you live out there? Taxes or so. But if you're, if you're living on, in the, on the beach, if you're living in a great spot and everybody's happy, why would you mess with happy? You, just, you write the check. You're like, all right, doesn't feel good writing these taxes, but it's 75 and sunny every day. You know, I live a block from the beach. My kids are happy. Everybody's happy. That's great. That's what it is. The Warriors are happy. So, yeah, they're going to pay through the nose in taxes. Okay. The value of our franchise doubled when we moved from Oakland to San Francisco. And with every title, it continues to go up. We'll make it up in the back end. You won't believe what happened in
5: baseball last night. Or maybe you will. You know why? That's baseball. It's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: This is Doug Otley's show, Fox Sports Radio. Dollar Shave Club 6 Blade Razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with 6 stainless steel blades for a swift hair removal and lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club Razor sold at DollarShaveClub.com or in stores. Uh, let's talk some baseball. It's time for. That's baseball quickly losing friendships on this show, is the Angels almost no-hit by Tyler Anderson. Mr. Anderson? (laughs) Dodgers left-hander Tyler Anderson took a no-hitter into the ninth inning last night, allowing a triple to Shohei Otani in the ninth to end his no-hit bid. Anderson threw a career-high 117 pitches. Amazing that Dave Roberts allowed him to pitch and try and accomplish a great feat by exceeding his pitch limit. How did a little-known left-hander Tyler Anderson almost pitch a no-hitter? Well, two answers. One, the Angels. Second one, that's baseball. Aaron Judge joined uh, 1928 Babe Ruth and 1956 Mickey Mantle as the only Yankees with 25 home runs within the player's first 60 games of the season. How do you explain Aaron Judge walking away from a contract extension only to hit 25 home runs faster than anybody other than Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle that played for the Yankees. Well, that's baseball. And then Tommy Pham. That story just keeps giving, right? Remember, he slapped Jack Peterson, a fantasy football misunderstanding that did not end, that uh, did not end with his one-game suspension. He told Bob Nightingale of USA Today, "You know what? I have no regrets. And no regrets either. None at all. Jock deserved to be slapped." And then he added uh they were talking about pressing charges i'm like go ahead assault for a slap okay people do way worse how do you explain a guy slapping another player and having no regrets about it that's baseball
9: <laughs> it was almost like uh tommy fan was like oh you're going to press charges against me for a slap then i'll i'll counter sue for being a wuss for Being a wussy, that I'll countersue you. That he's basically saying, Get over it, you wussy. That I love that stuff. By the way, that's a story that just doesn't end, it just
10: keeps giving, even though it's unbelievable how long this story's been going on for. It's shocking,
4: it's crazy. It's crazy, it's so much fun, but again, like part of it is they have that much time on their hands, <laughs> true. You know? They just have lots of time in their hands, and dudes are. I've. This is not the first fantasy football story I've heard. In Major League Baseball clubhouses and lots of money being exchanged as well. All right, guy can give us a little bit of that insight. Plus, uh, plus he can tell us about uh, about that epic day. Ben Volen joins us. Boston Globe covers the NFL, but also covered the U.S. Open this week for the Boston Globe. Okay, so how doable is that? Open in the morning. And then go watch the Sox, get a meal in the North End, and watch the NBA Finals tonight.
9: Yeah, it's uh, definitely doable. A uh, Celtics uh, three-peat, or Boston three-peat, I guess, for uh, lucky some lucky fans out here. Probably for the Red Sox, you're probably only catching the first three or four innings, but that's really all you need at a baseball game. Uh, big series this weekend, too. The St. Louis Cardinals are coming to Fenway for, I think, the first time in, like, 17 years. So you have all these Cardinal fans who are coming. Uh, It's potentially Game 7 on Sunday night, but not in Boston, and then the U.S. Open. So once again, uh, Boston being the hub of the sports universe.
4: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm sure most Bostonians are pretty sedate about it, right? There's not a lot of bragging taking place. It's pretty pretty calm. I'm kidding. Ben Volan joining us. Go ahead.
9: I was going to say, it's been a long drought since Boston's been the center of the sports universe. It's been like two or three years, so these, these fans are just hungry <laughs> for
4: it, you know? Uh, what have these press conferences been like? As a guy who covers the NFL, to watch these press conferences about the Live Tour, what, are they, what has it been like?
9: Uh, Phil's was a bloodbath on Monday. I mean, they, they really led him to the slaughter. He, he took questions for 25 minutes. And, you know, my big takeaway from that was, you know, I, I went to the driving range on Monday and... Kevin Na, you know, one of the live golfers and Dustin Johnson, one of the live golfers, they still have sponsors. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, he didn't have to stand up there on Monday and answer to 9-11 victims and and, and Saudi blood money. Like, Mickelson is really taking this burden alone. Um, Now, you know, maybe it's because he had the initial comments four months ago and they were obviously very uh, tone deaf and and, uh, greedy, but – you know, like the Saudis invest in Premier League soccer and boxing and Formula One, and, and it, it, Mickelson is really just the only one taking a ton of heat for this. So I, I find that interesting, that he's the only one who lost all his sponsors. He's the only one who has to stand up there for 25 minutes and answer to all this stuff. Uh, so I give him credit for doing it. I, I thought it was a little over the top. I, I Like, I'm in the media, and I was kind of telling telling myself to the U.S. Open people, like, okay, this is enough. Like, we get it. 20 minutes is more than enough. So I give Mickelson credit for taking the heat and standing up and just doing it. And you go out there now, Doug, and everyone loves him. There's, I barely hear any sort of wisecrack or boo or negative remark to Phil. Everyone is loving Phil, and they just want to see him hit good golf shots. Um, So it's it's interesting where online uh, the controversy is big and Phil's a very divisive person. But out here at the course this week, Everyone's loving Phil Mickelson.
4: Doug Gottlieb's show uh, on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of, of Ben Volan. Ben, there, there apparently has been some contract talks with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but no contract as of yet. So it feels like, you know, he's going to leverage him and say he's not going to be there. They're going to get something done. What's it going to look like?
9: It's fascinating. I I, I think the, the issue has been there for a I think 2 years now ever since Lamar Jackson has been eligible for a new contract where he's an elite player and he's you know won an MVP at age 23 and he's the franchise but he's such a non-traditional quarterback I think the Ravens are a little hesitant to sink the big money into him because I I still think in today's NFL you still need to win with pocket passing and you know, Lamar Jackson does he, – he he does have a couple of comeback victories now, but there's still that knock on him that he's not a come-from-behind type of quarterback. Uh, so, it, you know, I, if Lamar Jackson is really trying to sell himself as a guy who's uh, won an MVP, which he should be, I, there might be a stalemate here coming with the, with the Ravens. And, and, you know, Lamar Jackson's probably going to have to come down from his demands. I just don't think the Ravens are – you know, like in theory, Lamar Jackson, a 25 year old uh, former MVP, should be the highest paid quarterback, but I don't think the Ravens want to do that. so uh, if if a deal is to be done, to me, it's Lamar Jackson coming off of his demands, and I don't know that he will. So uh, you know, the franchise tag is is an option for both sides. I, I could see from the Ravens perspective. Maybe wanting to do that, wanting to go a little bit year by year before really in, investing in, in Lamar Jackson. So I just think because he's such a non-traditional quarterback, it, it makes it a very complicated uh, negotiation.
4: I want to give love to your new team and you got a contract from your new team, but but Tyree Kill saying he wanted to be featured and Tyree Kill saying Tua's is more accurate than Pat Mahomes, and that accuracy was more important than having a strong arm. Like what what is he what is he doing?
9: You know, he's pumping up his new quarterback. So, you know, he's trying to be a good teammate. He should probably just cut it out though because it's making him look foolish and it's making Tua look bad too. I mean, all this all this tire pumping from the Dolphins uh this offseason about how great Tua looks and this and that, it's like it's so over the top that it just makes you worried that how how concerned they are about Tua behind the scenes and how maybe the team doesn't believe in. I mean, this is the team that wanted Tom Brady. They were going to go out and get Tom Brady. So, uh, you know, they to get the most out of Tua, they've had to put a, a track team around him. And I'm not ready to write Tua off by any stretch. I, I do think if he can just get the ball out of his hands quickly, he is very accurate. But he has not shown much these last two years. I think Dolphins fans are probably kicking themselves for – choosing him over Justin Herbert. I mean, think of how, what, what the Dolphins would look like now if they made a different decision there. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill, like, he's trying to be a good teammate, but it's almost making it worse by coming out with some of these ridiculous statements in comparison.
4: Uh, does Jack Del Rio uh, coach this year with the Washington football team?
9: I think he will. I, I think this will die down. Um, him deleting his Twitter account was a good move by him and a good start. Uh, Just such an unnecessary distraction. I I thought Ron Rivera finding Del Rio $100,000 was weird. Uh, To me, it's either let him be and let him suffer the blowback and the consequences of his statement, or I would have considered firing him because I I do wonder if he's going to be as effective as a leader moving forward, and especially in a locker room that's 70% black. But, uh, you know, clearly Del Rio is is Ron Rivera's close friend, and Rivera felt like he had to do something. So the fine is kind of like a half measure. And I I think they'll probably make it go away and and Del Rio will will keep quiet for a while. But uh, he's lucky to keep his job because to me, he's an eminently replaceable coach. You can find another defensive coach to replace him and the Washington commanders will be just fine. So he's lucky that he's got he's lucky that he's got a good supporter in Ron Rivera.
4: Right. Um, And look, I I, and I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't. I don't understand. People are taking this next step and linking it to racism whatever. I, I just think it's a—it's really sad how he's massively underplaying how how embarrassing, how terrible January 6th was, right? That's my real—it wasn't a dust-up. Yeah, but the tone-deafness of you're in D.C. You're with an organization where the owner had to give up control to his wife— you know, because of accusations of misogyny. You know, you've had all of these other issues. You know, you had to change the nickname, and then they changed it again. And all these other things, like, just do your job. Don't call attention to yourself. You can do it with other teams and other positions, not with this one. I think that's the worst part of it.
9: Yeah, I, I'm sure Ron Rivera was not thrilled with it. And Jack Del Rio deleting his Twitter account uh, was probably long overdue. I mean, you don't see too many current coaches on social media being active and, and things of that nature. But uh, I mean, it's all, you know, causing a distraction, making poor decisions, minimizing January 6th, making a ridiculous comparison to the police protests of 2020, and then I think grossly overstating what happened to those police protests. I mean, all of it was just one bad decision on top of another by Del Rio. And, and like I said, He's lucky that he still has a job because I, I find him to be an eminently replaceable coach.
4: I'm, I'm with you. Um, where are we on the two quarterbacks under contract, Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo? Any movement on either?
9: No, and, and the issue is obviously the contract for both. Much more, I think much more so with Baker because his $18.8 million is fully guaranteed. No one wants that. No one wants to pick that up, and so it's now: how much can you squeeze out of Cleveland? Uh, you know, can you force Cleveland to pay twelve million of it or fifteen million of it? The Browns are trying to hold firm. You know, all the talk about the Panthers and they have Sam Darnold, who's under contract the same eighteen point eight million. The Browns and, and Panthers don't want to trade. They want to do that Darnold for Baker swap because you're just—it's the same problem. The Browns want nothing to do with Sam Darnold's money. Uh, you know, so the Panthers are the obvious destination for Baker Mayfield, but they've they're already saddled with Sam Darnold, so I don't think they want anything to do with Baker's contract. Uh, with Garoppolo, I think teams are just waiting for the Niners to release him because uh, I think everyone sees that writing on the wall. Once Jimmy's healthy enough, you know his shoulder injury and, and the surgery there that that complicated issue. So I think teams want to see uh, how Garoppolo is throwing the ball, and then the Niners will obviously release him because they don't want to pay him twenty four million dollars. Interestingly, I think the Browns and the Niners could solve each other's problem. Because, I mean, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for most, if not the entire season, the Browns are going to need a quarterback again. And I don't think Jacoby Brissett is who you want to roll into a 17-game season with. So I could see the Browns saying, hey, why don't we just take Garoppolo for a year? He'll keep us afloat until Watson comes back from his suspension. And I think the Niners need a backup behind Trey Lance because they have nothing. They have the thinnest quarterback depth chart in the league right now. Who's to say Trey Lance is going to make it healthy through 17 games? I think a veteran backup like Baker Mayfield makes a lot of sense for a young quarterback like Trey Lance, as long as Baker is a relatively good, good soldier about the whole thing. So uh, maybe it's crazy, but I think the Niners and the Browns could actually solve each other's problems by finding a way to ship Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield for each other.
4: How, how much uh, fear is there in New York over Mackay Becton's weight coming off the knee? that they got themselves a bust.
9: Yeah. I mean, certainly that's not what you want to see from your young stud left tackle. I, I thought he had a pretty good rookie season a couple of years ago, but uh, not a great sign when he comes out wearing that t-shirt that he did the other day where, you know, he's talking about all the things that people rip on him for. He's too fat and too lazy or whatever. And it just it clearly shows that he's got rabbit ears and he's listening to all the criticism out there and, um, you know, you'd rather him just kind of ignore that noise completely and, and not even acknowledge it. So, uh, yeah, not a great sign for the Jets when you're already having issues with, you know, a young, what's supposed to be a cornerstone player. But, hey, this is the Jets. They've always dealt with issues like this. And, frankly, they their only worry right now is making sure that they can get the most out of uh, Zach Wilson. So, obviously, Mekhi Becton is a big part of that. But um, they the Jets have, I think, bigger issues uh, than him right now.
4: The Jets have some big issues. Who's going to call plays for the Patriots? Do we know that yet?
9: It's looking like it's going to be Matt Patricia, but it could be just like a combination of him and Joe Judge and Bill Belichick. Uh, it's a very controversial uh, decision by Belichick to not hire a real offensive coordinator, to put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, these guys in charge of a young second-year quarterback in Mac Jones. Maybe Belichick's right. Maybe these guys are just good coaches and – you know the Belichick system just develops good coaches, but if they if Mac Jones kind of slides back a little bit, it's you know going to be a very head scratching decision. Well, why didn't Bill go out and hire more coaches? Uh, why didn't they spend more in free agency this year? I think best case scenario for the Patriots is that you know the, the status quo that they win nine or ten games again, make the playoffs, but probably uh, you know aren't serious contenders. Because otherwise, you know, all the teams in the AFC, it seems like, got better this offseason. And they just stayed the course. So I I think there's a very real possibility of the Patriots falling back. And that's going to do more damage to to Belichick's uh, legacy. So uh, clearly the decision with the the play caller is going to be a key one to to watch this whole season.
4: Uh, Okay. Where are we with the Browns? Um, And how, I mean, you and I have talked about this, but it's not getting better. If anything, it's getting worse. And, and now he, he said, never, ever, I never did anything wrong. He took a 100% innocence stance. Where are we with the Browns and Nishan?
9: Yeah, it's, it's a mess. And uh, so I, I, that investigation is wrapping up, and it's going to go in front of a discipl, disciplinary hearing, and it's not going to be good to hear it the first time. It's going to go in front of, like, a jointly uh, paid arbitrator by the union and the players, so someone a little more neutral. But Goodell is still the guy who, if there's an appeal, it still goes to the court of Roger Goodell. So it's still kind of tilted in the NFL's favor. Um, I I think they've got to come down hard on Watson, even if he, and, you know, if he settles this or if he's cleared, I mean, you know, that New York Times story detailing 66 massage therapists over a 17 month uh, span and at least 24 of them have filed lawsuits against him now. It's just, it's it's really all kind of piling up with very specific allegations, and he sure looks like, uh, if nothing else, a little bit of a predator. Uh, and and you know Ben Roethlisberger got four games, he wasn't charged. Ezekiel Elliott got six games, he wasn't charged. Just for the um you know like the disreputation I guess that that Deshaun is dragging himself and the NFL and the Browns and Texans through. I think they're they're going to have to come down hard on him, whether it's a full season, twelve games. I think he's got a lengthy suspension coming and the Browns are going to be looking for a quarterback this year. And I don't think anyone's going to have any sympathy for them after that ridiculous, uh, fully guaranteed $230 million contract they gave him and the way they structured it so that it's all signing bonus this year. So that if Watson even gets suspended, he's only losing like a million bucks. So the, the, the Browns are definitely bringing some shame on their brand here. And, uh, I think the Browns have to be prepared for a lengthy suspension for Deshaun Watson.
4: Yeah. It's Ben Volan. He's at the U S open where Roy McIlroy continues to lead. Um, are, are you, are you going to go to the game tonight? you going to watch the game. What's the plan?
9: No, I'm an old man. So I'm going to watch from home and probably fall asleep at halftime. Cause these games, they start too damn late on the East coast for us. But, uh, uh, maybe I'll stay up and I am I'm just so amped for the golf. Like, Part of me wants the NBA Finals just to end because I want golf to take center stage this weekend. I, this, this is U.S. Open weekend that we've been looking forward to here in, in Boston for a long time. So uh, I'm probably the only person in, in Boston who wants it to uh, end sooner just because I want the golf to take center stage. But it uh, should, be, should be awesome in the Garden tonight, and uh, let's see if the Celtics uh, have anything left in them.
4: He's Ben Voland. Ben, great stuff. Enjoy Brookline. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, Doug. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense or more discover.com match. Limitations apply. Wait here. hear what Darvin Ham told
5: Dan Patrick this morning. That's next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at three PM Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Every day this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show, we bring back a portion of a show we heard previously on Fox Sports Radio. It's called... What's up, the Darvin Ham was on with Dan Patrick. He had this to say about his plans for Russell Westbrook.
6: I think the style of play we're going to have, you know, all of those guys, not only just Russ, but LeBron, AD, they're going to be able to share the load. And one thing I, I mentioned to Russ is the way I'm built, the success I've seen is One thing we always preached and will continue to preach to be our foundation of our teams is a defensive mindset, being able to defend at a high level. And I challenged him and he accepted the challenge. You know, that's a part of the word sacrifice we use. and being able to move him around in different spaces on the floor as we go back on the offensive end. Uh, sometimes he's going to be off the ball, slashing. Sometimes he's going to play in the dunker. Sometimes he's going to be initiating things. He may post up a little bit. He may be the screener in pick and roll. So being able to diversify his plan of attack where he's not just rushing the ball up the court, facing three defenders
4: every time. And- I, I look. I, I think it sounds brilliant. It really does. Like, hey, there's no one way we'll use him. We'll use him everywhere. You know, the screen roll, using him as a screener, Houston did that. Okay, putting him in a dunker, that's what they tried to do last year. He really didn't like it. With the basketball, that means nobody else is getting the basketball and the lane is, is muddied. And then we got to get to the, the, the defensive side of the ball where he, he kind of does his own thing and he dies on screens. Like, there's a lot to it. So, you know, I believe what Darvin Ham's is saying. I do. I don't think it's fluff. I think he he believes, like, look, this guy was a great player. He's not that old. He's still crazy athletic. He's crazy competitive. You know, we can use him all over the floor. That's great. That's not how he's played his whole life. And taking the ball out of his hands, no matter how much you soft sell it to him, I don't, I don't think he loves it. And I think he struggles with where to go and what to do. I, I just... I just do. I'm skeptical. I'm not closing the door and saying absolutely not, but I'm very skeptical in the likelihood it works. This is Colin Cowherd
10: talking about Jason Tatum. To be a superstar, you have to not only change the temperature of your team, you have to change the temperature of the league you're in. People start drafting players to stop Shaq. People start drafting hiring coaches to stop Michael Jordan or Larry Bird. Like Nick Saban's a superstar in college football. He's had 40 coaches fired in a conference. Tom Brady literally changed the way the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills drafted players. Peyton Manning did that in his division. That's a superstar. Kevin Durant's a superstar. Westbrook's a star. Not changing the temperature of any room. Shaq, MJ, LeBron, Dr. J. Literally the Eastern Conference. LeBron leaves. It's totally different. Nobody got to the finals while he was there. So Jason Tatum, to me, is a star. I don't see superstar ever. If Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt, I think Milwaukee beats Boston. Without Chris Middleton, it took him seven. I mean, do you think without, without Jalen Brown, Milwaukee would have needed seven if they had a healthy Chris Middleton and Giannis and Drew uh, I I
4: do believe that this has been a tough series for Jason Tatum. I also believe that his reputation or people's desire for him to be one of the elite players in the league, one of the five best players in the league, um, is a is a, is a it, it's too much. He's not there yet. He's not ready for that. I don't know if he'll ever be, but he's just not yet. So, I think that's a big portion of this: is we just have completely unrealistic expectations of uh, of who Jason Tatum is and what he's capable of. Check so so out the latest lines of world of sports. A better sports book. But trust the trusted name in online sports betting got to be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. What's going to happen in Boston tonight? Game six. Give it my thoughts next to the Doug Gottlieb Show.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host